Welcome folks to the podcast today for May 13th, Friday the 13th, 2016. So, you know, if we die, it's because of that superstition. I wonder where Friday the 13th superstition comes from. That's the kind of thing someone you should do a podcast on. Especially someone who has a podcast who fills something once a day. The next Friday the 13th, there's, there's a promise. I'll do a show on Friday the 13th. There's your hook for the future. Long into the future. But more importantly than Friday the 13th, the Eurovision is on tomorrow. Today is Friday. The semifinals are on Tuesday and Thursday. Ireland did not make it out of its semifinal. I am from Ireland, just in case you haven't noticed. So I'm slightly salty at the Eurovision this year because once again we sent a mediocre song, but this time we attached a star to it at least. We sent Nikki Byrne of Westlife fame, if you've heard of Westlife, and we didn't make it out of our semifinal, which is always the best case scenario, isn't it? At least when we sent Jedward, they got out of the semifinal both times. I'll talk about Jedward a little more in a second. But I figured the world doesn't really know what the Eurovision is, or these people outside of Europe, because the Eurovision is a wonderful thing, and we here in Ireland take the Eurovision extraordinarily seriously, because the Eurovision is the only international event that we're actually good at. We have won it seven times, more times than anybody else, and there was a time in the 90s where we basically owned the Eurovision. It was ours. We once won the Eurovision three years in a row, and in fact, actually won it four years out of five. So, you know, we as a country, we take the Eurovision extremely seriously. You know, it's, it's important. Like, Linda Martin won, Neve Kavanagh won. We won it two years in a row. And we figured, you know, it, it costs a lot of money to run the Eurovision. It's this huge, gigantic production. So there, there was rumours that we when we sent Paul Harrington and Charlie McGettigan to sing Rock and Roll Kids, which is just two guys at a piano, which look up that song. It's a fantastic song. But there was rumours that when we sent that song, we were basically trying to forfeit because we didn't want the hosts the competition for three for a third year in a row and then we won so we did have to host the competition for a third year in a row it's it's kind of a national institution we we assume we have a right to do well in the eurovision based on our past success in the eurovision and we haven't done very well in the eurovision really in a good 20 years we last won it in 96 so you know it's been a while it's been a while since we won it this year the competition is being held in sweden lovely place i'm sure it is being hosted by man zemmerlo and petra Mede. Mede, Mede. I'm sure she's, she pronounces it one of those three ways. Mans was last year's winner. He won it with Heroes. That's the way the origin works. The the previous year's winner, unless they are like financially incapable of doing so, or there's like war breaks out or something, they usually host the competition the following year. Mans, who won it last year, is hosting it. It's hosting it this year. They tend to do that as well. They tend to get last year's winner to host it. It's like, ooh, look, remember this guy? And most people are like, kinda. Though Petra seemed like a quirky, funny host in the, the semi-finals. I liked her. But there was that period where she desperately started hitting on Nikki Byrne, which was slightly awkward. She's a big Westlife fan, clearly. Because they were pretty big in Scandinavia. They were big in Scandinavia and Ireland and the UK. They didn't really make it big in the rest of Europe, and I think that's where our plan to send a Westlife alumnus kind of fell short. So yeah, this year's competition is being held in Sweden. The format is fairly straightforward. There are 26 countries, 10 of which qualified in semi-final one, 10 qualified in semi-final two, and then countries that make it in automatically based on the fact that they pretty much fund the competition. That's the likes of Germany, France, Italy, Spain, Germany. I said Germany twice. Of course, the host country, Sweden, also get in automatically the following year. So there are 26 countries. Everyone will perform a song. It has to be an original song. That's a Eurovision rule. It has to be an original song. I think it used to be a rule that they used to be, they had to be like amateurs, but I don't think that stands anymore. I'm not even sure was that a real rule. Like ABBA, they won the Eurovision. Celine Dion was in the Eurovision. So, you know, Eurovision's launched some stars. So everyone performs their original song 
and then a jury in each country picks their favorites and the public in each country picks their favorites and a combination of both scores wins the Eurovision. Each country, each jury and each public vote for each country will allocate points from 1 to 12 well, 1, 2, 8, and then 10 and 12, there is no 9 and 11 points. And then the combined winner wins. They're cha they've changed the rules slightly this year, actually, where they add up the jury votes, as they usually would, where they announce the winners, and then they add up the sum of the public votes and just lump them on top at the end. So you don't know the winner until the very end. To keep some of the suspense going, or just make it more obvious. The competition is on tomorrow, Saturday. It's 8pm Central British Standard Time, whatever that is, GMT. They've changed the name of GMT, I'm pretty sure. But it's 8pm then, so adjust accordingly based on where you are. The current favourites are Russia. Russia is a favourite, usually based on borders. They have a ton of borders, same with like Ukraine. Uh, Australia is a favourite. We've let Australia in, and this, this is another thing to note. The countries that participate in the Eurovision are not necessarily based in Europe. It is based on the European Broadcasting Union and countries which are members of that. And we let Australia in because they really like the Eurovision. Though I'm upset. I was fine with Australia being in it until they made it out of the semi-final that we were in. We were both in the same semi-final. They made it out and we didn't. And we're actually in Europe. So down with Australia. Current favourites are Russia, Australia, Ukraine, France. Russia's song has a lot of shirtlessness. That is certainly targeted toward a certain demographic. Australia is more of a classical, traditional kind of song. It's actually a pretty good song. It's not a bad song. The songs are kind of secondary in the Eurovision, because the Eurovision is all out camp. As I said, the Rush watch some of the videos for these songs, because some of these songs don't actually have live performances yet. A lot of them do, though, based on the semifinals. But they take these songs, and they add the most convoluted, silly, over-the-top performances possible to them. I was watching some of the, the classic ones. There's Cesar's It's My Life, which was a Romanian one, where it's kind of a guy, he was in a Dracula costume, or a Dracula-looking costume, he looked like a vampire, doing this very high-pitched, operatic kind of wailing, and then right toward the end, he was surrounded by uh, shirtless men erotically dancing, once again, targeting a certain demographic. And then right toward the end, right toward the big climax of the song, he started levitating, because of course he did. There's also Elner and Samir's Day After Day, which is which was Azerbaijan's entry in 2008, which had kind of an angel versus devil theme, where there's this angel guy wearing wings, terrible looking wings. If you remember Teen Angel, that TV show, those kind of wings, and a guy sitting sumptuously in a chair, cackling and being evil, and those, those were tremendous costumes. There's also, I think it was last year, they had kind of a circular keyboard piano thing where he was playing it as the song went on and he was like fixed into it, like the keyboard was set up around him. And so that's the kind of stuff you can expect from the Eurovision. There, there is a particular song. Verde from the Ukraine 2007, Dancing Lasha Tumbai was the name of the song. And it really, words do not do this justice. Look up Ukraine 2007 Eurovision entry or whatever. Just type Ukraine 2007 Eurovision into YouTube. You will find this. And it really has to be seen to believe, be believed. It actually finished second, but it is nuts. It's these guys in these kind of silver, kind of Nazi uniforms doing this super over-the-top dance. And it's, it's, it's played for laughs, thankfully. It's not actually played to be serious. But it finished second. It's nuts. It's just nuts. And then the year after, 2008, we sent Dustin the Turkey, a kind of famous turkey puppet in Ireland. He's our Kermit the Frog, except crasser. And they're like, oh, you should be taking the tournament very seriously, the competition very seriously. Why, why, aren't you, why aren't you taking it seriously? You're sending a turkey. And then we did very badly. Even though the year before, they freaking sent 
seriously, look look up Dancing L- L- Lasha Tumbai by the Ukraine 2007. It's bonkers. It's just bonkers. We also said Je- sent Jedward, who are Irish. I, I had a plan for the Eurovision that we send Jedward every single year until people get sick of Jedward. And it's like basically hosting them hostage. We'll stop. We'll stop sending Jedward if you let us win the damn Eurovision. We sent them two years in a row. Their first song was considerably better than their second. Lipstick was a much better song than Waterfall. Of course, you can't mention wacky Eurovision acts without mentioning the Russian grannies performing Party for Everybody, which was a bunch of old ladies dressed up in old lady garb, dancing around like furnaces and bread-making apparatus, (laughs) singing Party for Everybody. This is the kind of stuff you get from the Eurovision. It's like the Super Bowl halftime show, except with better production values for two and a half hours and times like 15 on the camp scale. Also, Lordy, which is a hard rock act dressed in orc masks, singing big hard rock songs. And people were like, that's stupid. That's not what a Eurovision song is like. And then they went and won it. It's the kind of thing you get out of the Eurovision. It's wacky and over the top and stupid and ridiculous. And the only reason it exists is to stop us from going to war. Europe kind of kind of has a history of, of you know, imploding and trying to kill each other. We, we kind of were central to two different world wars in the last hundred years. So we're, we, the people in Europe were like, how can we stop us from killing each other? And their solution was we, every once a year, get all of that anger out passive aggressively through singing about love and passion and other random things. And that's the way the Eurovision happened. Started in 1956. We haven't gone to war since. The Eurovision has been extraordinarily effective at what it set out to achieve. So go Eurovision. That is your rough guide to the Eurovision and its camp ridiculousness it's total over-the-top brilliance you should really watch it i think i'm pretty sure you can live stream it from around the world on the eurovision website they live stream it on youtube as well but i think that's only within europe and probably australia but if you don't watch the eurovision i actually won't be watching the eurovision i'm working tomorrow night so i'll miss a good half of it i'll be home for the voting but i'll miss a lot of the performances and the gold is in the performances if you don't watch the eurovision you don't like good things that's one of the clear facts of the universe you can listen to more podcasts today on soundcloud.com forward slash TWSKK. You can find it on YouTube. You can subscribe on iTunes by searching The Weekend Show. You can also listen to The Weekend Show if you subscribe to that feed. So you get two podcasts on one feed. It's brilliant. If you ever want to be on podcast today or have any comment about podcasts today, pop me an email at garrettkidney at gmail.com. That's G-A-O-R-E-T-T-K-I-D-N-E-Y at gmail.com. Or hit me up on Twitter at garrettkidney. My name is about the same on Twitter as it is the email, because otherwise it would be confusing. That's it for my Eurovision preview. Thanks for listening and bye-bye.